So this is uh, Advanced Picture Gear Theory 1, Unit 2, Part 5, ETT Confirmation. So once you put the tube in, let's see here, not advancing. There we go. Um, so once you put the tube in, when you're in the OR, uh, this is the expectation of the uh, anesthetist, is you put the tube in, and the first place you're going to listen is the abdomen, just below the xiphoid. Even if you're, even if you saw the tube go through the cords. Um, now, so I did this as a matter of routine. The anesthetist like to see you do this as a routine, just because it's muscle memory, and you just do it every single time, right? So you listen over the abdomen, and um, and then I listen right side high mid axillary, then left side high mid axillary. That, that's my approach. Now, if you if you're uh, after the abdomen, if you have a different auscultation placement, that's your decision. But you know, you have to ask yourself: Do I have sound clinical rationale for auscultating or auscultate? Um, as I said, I avoid the anterior chest just because um, you can hear referred. You're more likely to hear referred sounds on one side. Uh, so if if you had a right main stem intubation, you'll hear good air entry on the right. But when you listen to the left, you'll hear air entry as well. That's just referred sounds from the right, right? But if you're way over here, mid-axillary, you're not going to hear those referred sounds as loudly on the left as you would uh, normally. So, so that's my rationale. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so the um, tubes obviously got to be above the carina. The carina is where the trachea bifurcates into the right and left main stem bronchus. The carina, that bifurcation of that division part, is also has um, nerves that are sensitive to uh, touch and it elicits a cough reflex. So if you ever advance the tube too far um, and you hit the carina, the tube will, the patient will buck on the tube. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll buck on the tube. And um, so means of, of um, confirming tube placement include visualizing the tube passing through the cord. So you might document that on your ACR on a, on a line that says, Visualized tube passing through cords. Um, absent best, best sounds in the epigastric, although that's not very definitive. Equal entry bilaterally, rise and fall of, symmetrical fall of the chest. Um, ETCO2 is considered a secondary uh, means of confirming the tube, but it is a requirement. It's considered the gold standard. And um, that means with a, a quantitative and qualitative um, measurement of entitled CO2, so you want to see a waveform and a number. And if you um, if you intubate the esophagus inadvertently and you get an entitled CO2 reading, that'll disappear within six breaths maximum. Like if there happens to be air in the gut for whatever reason, you might get an entitled CO2, uh, but that'll disappear within six breaths. So if the entitled CO2 reads zero after six breaths, you're probably in the wrong place. Now it's a little bit different when you got a VSA patient because <clears throat> If you've got a VSA patient and your entitled CO2 is zero, it can mean one of two things. It can mean the tube's in the esophagus, or it can mean that patient's been dead so long that their entitled CO2 is zero. Uh, with, if it's a reasonably fresh arrest, if it's not a code 5 and you're doing compressions, you should be getting CO2s of at least 10, 12 or so with good compressions, and they may come up over time. But uh, if you're getting zero, I would probably, and, and you're not 100% certain the tube went through the cords, I would uh, uh, probably uh, auscultate that chest again just to verify you're absolutely 100% certain that tube was 
in the trachea. <clears throat> Uh, colometric CO2 detectors, I don't know of any service in the province that carries them, but some services do, I'll go over those. Uh, soft field <coughs> detector devices, I'll go over those. So this is what a colometric um, uh, ET CO2 detector looks like. And, uh, um, you know, should we be using this over uh, numeric values that we get with our monitor? Because uh, the end-tidal CO2 component to the cardiac monitor is quite expensive, but these things cost like 30 bucks a piece. So over time, you know, these might uh, cost a lot more. And, and they're not uh, the ideal means to, uh, to determine whether the tube's in the right place. So it changes color from purple to yellow in the presence of carbon dioxide. That's the means. These are esophageal detector devices. And um, I don't know of any services that use them. Toronto used them for a while. And basically the way it works is uh, you put the tube in and um, you put the endotracheal tube in and that bulb, you squeeze the bulb and then you attach it